What's good, y'all? This is Dom. What's up, everybody? This is Isaac. And this is Street Ball episode 24. This is our Kobe episode, so we got to make sure that we come out and we do damage, all right? Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the Balls Life Podcast Network channel and turn on your notifications. Ring that bell. All right. We always start off with the NBA headlines. And the hottest topic yesterday was John Morant. John Morant's accusations. If you guys don't know, um, a teen this past summer accused Ja beating him up, beating him up and pointing a gun at him after a pickup basketball game. Um, Isaac, I mean, I have my thoughts on this, but you go first. What do you think? I mean, who knows, man? There's always accusations that come out of nowhere. I, I couldn't tell you. Seventeen year old blaming him for something he might be might be upset at him. I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. Is it, do you do you think it's true? Is it true? Like, is, is it is there proof, evidence? Look, there, there's also been surfacing rumors or, or stories of Ja having other uh, situations where he acted out this way. Uh, I guess uh, it was either this summer too or or last summer. Uh, his mother was at, uh, I guess she was at foot action or something like that. And she said an employee disrespected her. So she called John Morant and he actually pulled up to the store and threatened the store owner as well, or the store manager or whoever was helping her. So I would say that this might be in the line of his character, but at the same time, you and me both know anybody like this dude has an entourage, right? And that's what I'm like. Who, who's to say that it wasn't one of his entourage that pointed the gun or whatever? And this kid's just trying to get some money. Like, we don't know until all the facts come out, but either way, this is a disappointing story because Ja is one of the rising stars in the league. And honestly, man, we, hey, we need him in the L, bro. He's, he's, he's putting them on the map even more than they are before. No, nah, he, bro, he's a monster. But, but I mean, hey, if I got millions of dollars in my pocket, I'm, I'm not threatening nobody. I'm, I'm doing it easy. I don't need to fight nobody. I got, I got my answer. I'll, I'll pay somebody off. They can squabble for me. <laughs> no question, bro. But once again, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a case where um, his best friend or somebody like that really was the one toting, and this kid's just reaching to to make a settlement. But at the end of the day, if these if these accusations are really true, this is really bad for John Morant because. Yeah. He uh, he he should uh, make sure that you know you're in the NBA, man. You shouldn't be touching anything like this. You're risking millions and millions of dollars, generational wealth. Uh, Got to make sure that he knows uh, what this is. You know what I mean? No, no doubt about it. Man. It's risky, man. He's, he's risky right now. Got to chill out. Um, but let's move. Let's move on to better stuff. Um, KD. You guys all know he made his debut, his Phoenix Suns debut last night, and where he went for 23 points on 10 of 15 shooting. And most importantly, the Phoenix Suns took the victory against the Charlotte Hornets. Now, this is like a warm-up game, obviously. You know, we just saw Melo broke his ankle the other day. Um, this is a far cry from the Charlotte Hornets team that we've seen last year. But now the KD's in the lineup, barring injury, do you think this is – the best team in the West. Do you think that they're going to win the title all the way? Bro, the Suns are the best team in the NBA. If if the Suns lose, that's just embarrassing. Like, you, you better win the you better win the NBA Finals this year. If, if not, that's it's. I think they're going to win it. It's it's time for CP3 to get his money, man. It's time for him to get his chip. Finally, it's going to happen. 
That, that's what I'm going to count you on. First and foremost, they traded away their three best defenders. First off, uh, Jay Crowder was holding out, felt disrespected last year. And then you have Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. The probably They're probably top 10 in the league, all of them, respectfully, for perimeter defense. So they lost a lot on that end. Um, they did get Terrence Ross and, and uh, uh, PJ. Uh, man, I'm forgetting his name right now, but – they got a lot of pieces back with KB, but I still feel like there's a lot of holes and you can't discount the CP3 curse. You saw that clip that I sent to you this week, Isaac. No, he does have yeah. a curse. Yeah. He for Cameron, sure talking about it. We're going to post that clip next week because I, I forgot to post it today, but CP3 might legitimately have a curse. I hate to say it. I don't believe in these things most of the time, but he really might have a curse on, on his NBA career. Maybe the I, basketball guys don't want him to win. I think that curse is going to be broken this season, bro. You got KD, Booker, Aiton, and CP3. That four right there? Hey, that's scary. That's a scary four. I would not want to see that four. Hey, that's a lot of buckets, but not a lot of defense. That's a lot of buckets, but not a lot of defense. I'm just saying. Yeah, I guess. KD's. KD six eleven, Aiden six seven foot, like Booker six 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 seven, bro. Yeah, they got bodies. Those those four pieces and CP three is a great point guard. I mean, he got that. He says he has the curse. I think he's gonna break the curse this year, man. I think the Suns are gonna uh, win big this year. We will see. But let's move on to some better stuff, some really cool stuff. Dame dropped seventy one. Tied a season high for points scored in the game. Donovan Mitchell, we saw that earlier this year um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, and, in, and most importantly, in a victorious effort. He went out there and he balled out. Um, it might be the greatest shooting performance of all time. He shot an array of, of long, faraway shots, um, obviously getting to the basket, this, that, and the other. Uh, but um, also, to share a fun fact about this, he, he hit a cumulative number of 420 feet worth of shots, meaning that uh, if you add up all the feet away from the basket where he was shooting the shots from, it totals 420 feet. God, like, bro, that's a crazy-ass statistic. Where'd you look that up? Where'd you look that up? Golly. We got the best producer in the world. You put me on that. But Jeez. with this being said, the Blazers have gone out and had two straight losing efforts after this, including a loss to the Pelicans last night. I know that Dame is probably the most loyal player in the NBA. Do you think it's time for Trailblazers to cut their losses and do Dame a favor and trade him to a winning team? Bro, it's that time. I mean, we were just talking about CP3. I'm wondering if Dame got a curse or it's just the squad. He got to go somewhere and ball out. Hey. Because it ain't over here, bro. Well, the Trailblazers, uh, you know, for me, a basketball head, I fully acknowledge that they actually have a curse in the franchise. Ever since Bill Walton led them to an NBA title 50 years ago, 50 years ago, damn near. Yes, Bill Walton. Uh, Bill Walton went down with, with injuries that would highly alter his career after that. And I feel like everybody besides Dane, maybe Clyde Drexler from that point on, um, that the Portland Trailblazers were planning on making the center of the franchise have been very injury prone, most recently Brandon Roy. So I think it might not be Dame, it might be Portland. So I wanna see where, what he does elsewhere. 
Man, I wanted to see Dame Lillard with the Lakers, bro. Him and LeBron would have been crazy. <laughs> we don't get to that next. We don't get to that next. But as a Laker fan, God. I have faith. I have faith enough as a delusional fan. But I, I, I just, I gotta, I can't believe it until I see it. A winning product in the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Hey, all right, let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about the Lakers, Damo. LeBron, AD, D'Lo, out. He didn't play. What do you think about their performance? Well, let me let me talk about that. Ever since the All Star break, um, you know, I think I believe we've had two or three games, and in spite of all the injuries, in spite of all the injuries, we've been very competitive. I love the addition of Jared Vanderbilt. I do. I love the addition of obviously D'Lo when he comes back. We're gonna have, you know, LeBron, AD, D'Lo, some of the best scores on the perimeter and and then and on the interior. And then um, I guess though, the question is, is this team gonna yield enough mustard to make it into the plan or into the playoff field? That's the question I have for you. Yeah, we talked about this last episode. I believe, bro. I think the Lakers are going to pull it out. You said what? Last week they were one game away from uh, being in the playoffs. Bro, it's LeBron James we're talking about. If LeBron James is one game away, they're making the playoffs. LeBron's going to make sure they make the playoffs. As we speak right now, the Lakers are one game out of the last playing spot behind the Pelicans, which we hold a tiebreaker with since we've beat them majority of the times the season. However, to go over and go more over on that, we are only two and a half games out of the sixth spot, which will squarely put us in the playoffs. So this is crunch time, man. This is crunch time. And we just heard that LeBron's not going to have surgery on his foot. Um, and as long as AD is playing majority of the games and D'Lo comes back, I feel like we really have a legitimate chance to get into that playing tournament and also that playoff field. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think the, the trade was trade was so perfect for the Lakers. I think they could slip their way in for sure. No doubt about it. And I mean, we're we're gonna deal with these type of issues with LeBron, like we just saw on the screen. He's um he's 39 years old. Uh, he's played 20 seasons in the NBA. He's gonna have some he's gonna have some durability issues. But I know a lot of young players who have missed a lot more games in a five year span than he did. I don't know. He's just Obviously, he's built different as a specimen, but I, I'm really looking forward. What's that? He's crazy. How, how many years uh, do you think he got under his belt left, LeBron? If he accepts that he's going to decline, I think he can play another five. That's crazy. That's crazy. If, if he doesn't accept that he's going to have to take a role at some point, I would say another three. That's tough. Taking a role. LeBron James taking a role. Sheesh. Because, look, Kobe could have, I mean, barring barring the Achilles injury, I, I truly in my heart believe Kobe, rest in peace, could have played another five years being a secondary shooter and catch a shoe guy, honestly. Same thing as Ray Allen. Same thing as those guys who have a, a wide range of skill set but are do, can do something really exceptional. I feel like LeBron could be that way. LeBron can – can mold down into a, 
of, of just a point forward that doesn't necessarily play every game but has a big impact on the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Kobe, I don't think Kobe would go for all that. Though. I think he's going to really fall out. You know no, what type of dude oh, he is. Absolutely, absolutely not. But I'm just saying, like, if, if, if he had the mentality, he could have went oh. another few years. Absolutely. But then again, that's probably why – that's how he played 20 because he did have the mama mentality. So it goes both ways. Um, moving on to my favorite segment, all right? We got NBA Elite Feet. And first, we got a really good silhouette from the Jason Tatum one, worn by himself, Jay Tatum. We got the Jason Tatum one barbershop. Now, look at these, all right? I love the colorway. We love this silhouette as a basketball shoe. You see the barbershop pole on the back, all the little details. This shoe right here is off the chain. I can't wait to see the other colorways that come out throughout the cycle. Bro, I wonder, I wonder where he got the, the name from. Is it from the movie Barbershop or he just liked going to the barbershop? Or like, yeah. I wonder where he got the design from. Man. That's funny. I, I, you and I both know in a real barbershops in the hood, this is where everybody meets up and talk, talk shit about sports, whatever, whatever it may be. That this, this is why this silhouette is dope because it just represents so many different things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fine. I like, I like this colorway a lot. Concepts, though. I, I, I'm a really big fan of this shoe. Like, if I play basketball, you know, it's three shots life till I die. You guys see me, but if I play basketball and I wore Jordans, this would probably be the shoe that I wore, honestly, because it's really sleek. It's a mid, but it doesn't look too clunky. I feel like this is this this goes in the category of what the Kyrie's were. Big guys and guards could wear these and feel comfortable. Yeah, no doubt they look comfy. But I'll never wear no Jordans. No disrespect. No, me neither. Me neither. Me neither. But uh, let's move on to the next one. We got Dame. All right. We got Dame rocking some Dame eights with this floral pattern that he's got. The pink silhouette with the with the little floral stuff on the back. Um, Dame does it again. I don't know what else to say. This shoe is really nice. Um, it's got a lot of good detail, but this in this case they went all one color across the silhouette with a little bit of floral pattern to accent it and you can't go wrong with this one man i feel like anybody could wear these including myself yeah i mean brands always have a pink colorway but what makes these special right here is that bro had 71 in these he has 71 in these pink boys fair that's fair that is that's super fair if Ooh, and you know what these are not the floral print dame eights anymore these are the dame 71s we just named them, all right? This is a moment. Dame 71. We're naming them right here. Dame the 71. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to Dame again for a historical performance. Um, not many people can do that in the game. But let's move on to our next one. We got P.J. Tucker. It feels like P.J. Tucker's on the show every week because he has, he has, like, just some unreachable exclusive shoes, including this Kobe 10 silhouette he's got on here. I love the stitching gray and the accent of speckle and purple on the on the lower sole. And then you kind of got the the lighter purple violet going on on the tongue and the purple shoelaces. This joint right here is off the chain. I mean, isn't PJ Tucker like a, a real fashion icon with his kicks? Doesn't he really have a crazy amount of shoes? I mean, you can say that. You can say that PJ Tucker is, I mean, 
I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody's matching PJ Tucker in the league when it comes to comes to kicks. No, nobody better. No, I remember seeing a photo of his locker room. He has like a million shoes in his locker room, just waiting to get busted. He got he got a crazy arsenal of kicks in there. That's that's fire. These are fire though. These are nets. And once again, these these are a shoe. Like obviously, I don't wear Nikes, but if I if I did, like this is something that I probably wear. These Kobe tens in particular, um, they were made after Kobe tore his Achilles. They have a high top version, and this one right here looks like it has a lot more support for somebody who might not be a light footed athlete like PJ Tucker. So, and, and, but you still have the low top aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, there it goes. Hey, absolute shoe king. We gotta give we gotta give our flowers to PJ Tucker, who's setting the standard in the NBA when it comes to kicks on court, NBA league. No doubt about it. All right, let's move on to the next one. Some heat. Our ones. Ooh. Speaking of John ja Morant. <laughs> hey. <laughs> even though even though he's on allegations, we still have to highlight his special shoes here. One reason these 12 a.m. versions of Ja ones, I'm told that this diamond encrusted swoosh is actually the real deal. There's actually real diamonds encrusted into this shoe. I could be wrong, but that's what I seen when I did my research on the shoe. We need, we need a diamond tester quick, because if that's the case, those are nuts. Those might be the nuttiest shoes we've seen on the show, bro. Bro, no, no. I mean, yeah, I've seen shoes that look better or something that's more impressive to me in the eye. But if you just talk about if these diamonds are real, these might be the most expensive on-court shoes that are out on the market right now. I mean, they for sure made only one pair. There ain't no way they're selling diamond kicks. You never know. They might be selling diamond kicks. Some people that will buy them, but. <laughs> hey, man, your guess is good as mine, you know, like with you, Shop Life over here. But at the same time, I have a question about the name, 12 a.m. He literally named these just like Jason Tatum named his shoes the barbershop PEs. They named these 12 a.m. And it gets me to thinking, like, what does this represent, especially with these allegations going on? What are you doing at 12 a.m., Ja? What are you doing? We got to know. <laughs> we got to know. You got diamonds on your swoosh, man. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's outlandish. Bruh, I don't, I don't get it. I really – I don't understand. This is just really bad timing. This is the day before – Everything popped off, but regardless of name or not, 12 a.m., whatever, these shoes are it. I love these right here. Yeah, that's fire. The name's fire, too. I love everything about these, honestly. These might be my favorites. All right, man. Last but not least, we got a shoe that actually hasn't been worn in the court yet, but these are one of my personal favorites as their version of the original Kobe Ooh. Crazy ones. You see these. These are actually called the... Uh, Adidas Crazy Infinity, um, and they have multiple colors. They're a good shoe. It looks like they're a little lower than the original versions, and I feel like this shoe is going to be a big hit on the Adidas circuit and for and for dudes who wear Adidas, honestly. No, Adidas has been dropping some heat, man. They've been recycling some throwback kicks. I'm impressed. Adidas is doing their thing. I mean, the, the, um, the Asian Zeros are everywhere right now. We got the Kobe's now. That's some fire, bro. I, I need those. I'm copying those ASAP. 
Yo, I got a little gripe with Adidas because I feel like this is three years late. When Kobe passed away, rest in peace in his grave, we should have dropped these right then and there. Whatever we had in inventory in the warehouse, at corporate, they should have been being sold at that moment. I feel like this is a little late, but at the same time, I love these shoes. I love the little upper. It's like nylon, not nylon. I, I'm not gonna lie and say I know what that um, that that little material is, but it's a little lower. Um, and I love the dazzle, the shine. It takes me back to when I first started playing basketball. I had a pair of these, the Kobe twos, the little the moon boots, and they had the same type of material on the entire shoe, and they just make people turn their heads when you're wearing them. Like, oh, what is that? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, these are nuts. I love how the three star fades into the shoe. Like, these are fire. These look futuristic. Like, that's crazy. I mean, Adidas was on something back in the early 2000s, man. You know how it is being, uh, being, being, tra being trendsetters, you know what I mean? And doing something different. So, I love these kicks. Um, but I guess we got to talk about, oh, see, Funky Funk knows. Dot, dot, I spin the era kicks. Exactly. That's when he was. These was out. Uh, hey, do you have a do you have a uh, do you have a pair of Dada's? These? No, no. I wanted some so bad, bro. I'm not gonna lie. My pops won't buy them for me. Hey, I, my pops on the budget, man. We I was at TJ Maxx buying my buying my hoop kit. Payless. You look payless. And the hey, care is right. When I when I played ten U, I was a kid that got made fun of for wearing shacks. <laughs> hey, but you was getting buckets though, right? You were getting buckets. Absolutely, bro. You don't matter. Get your butt. You better bet on that. Hey, hey, all that fuel where it was making fun of me fueled me. I had to make sure I had to go out there and get buckets. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Hey bro, man, let's hey. move on to the, let's move on to the next topic. This is gonna be your favorite topic because you are a centennial alumni. Let's talk about Aaron McBride and his game winning buzzer beater. Put it on Buddy's head. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Let's watch this. Oh clip. my gosh. Woo, man. I feel like I'm there again. Watching that watching that in, in real time was crazy. To give more context, for people who don't know, Corona Centennial, the number two ranked team in the entire country, uh, was in a battle in the CIF Open Division. And down by four with a minute 30 left, turned back and tied it. They won the game on the cover beater on this stuff by him. Absolutely insane. Me and Isaac were in attendance with the rest of our boys. And when I saw this in real life, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. It's insane. Bro, that, that game was like one of those boxing matches where they're going toe to toe. Both both dudes are bleeding out their noses, got cut up eyes, bruised up, down to the wire. That game was really good. That was Corona Centennial, St. John Bosco at the Honda, at the Honda Center. That was, bro, that was crazy. That that was the game of the year. That was the game of the year. I, so, from what I saw. I'm gonna ask you a question, and I'm asking it just to make a statement. But after that play, obviously. I'm a Corona Centennial alum. I know about Centennial's history more than most, including myself being an elite player there and my, my teammates, the guys that came after me and even before me. But after that, does this cement Aaron McBride's does this cement Aaron McBride's 
place as being a legend at Corona Centennial? I think this team is legendary overall. This is, I think, in my opinion, I think it's the best Centennial team to ever exist. In the Giles, in Giles, coaching under Coach Giles, because I don't know about before Coach Giles. You know, I ain't been around that long. I hate to say it, but I would argue that last year's team was better. Uh, okay, okay. Let me realize Donnie was Donnie Ramsey Huff. Mm. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you like that right one. Now, but Eric, right now, Eric, right, now we right now we legitimately go six, maybe seven deep. Last year it was eight to nine. Like there was just no stopping. It's like when the when the guys came off the bench, you had Eric Freeney coming off the bench, you had Santana, you had a uh, Ramsey Hub coming off the bench. It's just like the level was legitimately raised at some points when the bench players came in. I, I don't see it with this team. But they're still like better than most of the teams, I would say, except for this one. <laughs> right. Now, Damo, so what, what yeah. do you think about what do you think about Centennial being a powerhouse and it's a public school? Like I feel like they match up against all the private schools and the prep schools. Like there's something unique about them. Like, what do you what is it? Like you you've been there, you've been under Giles. Like, what's the what's so special? Like, what makes it so crazy? You know what, man? I, I think this is like, you know. Um, the, the the fruits of labor, like there, there's been a culture at Centennial that's been on waiver since before I got there. There's been guys that have been sent away that were probably better players than the guys that we kept on. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about anybody that played there before. I'm talking about guys that have tried to transfer or wanted to come. Like Giles creates a culture that's been there for 20 years now. And it, the culture and the team comes first. And I, I just can't say that that's the case for every other powerhouse team or whatsoever. I feel like it's players first, which isn't a bad thing, but um, it's really catered to the players, not the culture of the program. So with that being said, uh, you know, Centennial has a wide known rep now. So when guys leave, other guys want to step up and take their place. You know what I mean? And you can't say that about most schools that because Either either they have new coaches or they just don't have that type of culture that we do. So I think that's why, honestly. Like people want to come and be a part of it and do something different. It's really impressive that they're doing it at a public school. Corona Centennial basketball and football, boys and girls basketball, are still doing this at a high level in spite of being a public school when all the other private schools are the dominant ones. Shout out to Centennial, man. Corona Centennial, nasty. One more thing. Do you think Centennial is going to do it again and repeat and win the state title this, this next weekend? I think so. I want to see them and St. John Bosco run that run that back, honestly. you think it's going to happen? Do you think they'll be able to run that back? Uh, well, we're going to find out on Saturday because uh, current Centennial, um, in my opinion, is definitely going to advance to play St. Augustine from San Diego. Saints a really good program, but I don't think they can match up. And then Bosco has a has an awaited rematch with Harvard Westlake first on Saturday at Bosco, which I will be attending. I gotta watch that. It's must see. Oh yeah, that's gonna be crazy. I'm hyped. But we'll see. We will see. I hope I hope we get that rematch because that was a classic. But let's move on to the next thing in high school. This is our guy, known him since he was a baby. Uh, 
to see this happen. We just got to go back and reflect. Mikey Williams finishes his high school career uh, earlier this week. An L to Etiwanda, Clamp City, um, but really showed his basketball acumen in his bag this year. What do you think about this, Isaac? Man, shout out to Mikey. I think he had a great high school career. You know, in between the pandemic hit, a lot of things went differently, moved to the East Coast. But overall, like, shout out to Mikey, bro. He came back to Dago, put on for the city, put San Ysidro on the mat, did what did what he did. He got players over there. He's playing alongside dogs. Shout out to Mikey, bro. He had a, he did, he did his thing. I'm excited for him. I want to see what he does at Memphis. Shout out to Mikey. You know, I'm man, seeing this. Um, oh, no, 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 You hear me? Yeah, yeah I hear you. So to watch this and see where Mikey has come from, met him. Like, I've seen Mikey since he was little, but I really started to know him when he was in eighth grade. And to see him get to this point where he is at now, going to Memphis, signing, he's on the NBA draft board uh, for next year. Um, I think it's really impressive. He's, you know, he's withstood all the adversity, you know, in spite of um, not seeing, like, you know, not having the run the middle child experience, you know, he can't be a kid. He's going he's be more grown than than anybody his age at an early age. And in spite of that, he still continues to work on his game and get better. And he's put himself in position to possibly get into the NBA. So, so I'm really excited to see what he does in the next year or so to put himself in that position. Shout out to Mike. You know I mean? Yep. Before we start King of the Court, the main event, make sure you guys like and subscribe to the Balls Life Podcast Network channel. Turn on your notifications, ring that bell, all right? We had a big man matchup this week at King of the Court, and we thought we were going to see a lot of bumping and grinding, this, that, and the other. But actually saw probably one of the most skilled King of the Courts we've seen this, this entire year. Let's roll the clip. We have Marcus, Big E, and Pantos. And Marcus and Big E, they came out, and they squared off first. And... Marcus showed his bag that I've never seen in my life. I've never seen him shoot a jumper. I've never seen him shoot a sidestep or do a Euro step in, the, in that fashion. And he just came out and showed us that he's been working on his game. All right, now you called it last week. You knew Marcus was going to turn up. You called it. He did what he was supposed to, and he didn't end up getting in a fight. He got through it nice and smoothly. Everything went the right way. Shout out to Moscow, bro. Look at it. Nah, no question. We got the recap right here. We have Big E and Monsai first. Big E came out, like we said. He was showing his bag, getting into it. But also, we weren't surprised by um, – we, we were really surprised by Monstar showing. We weren't really surprised by Big E being more of a, um, more of a skilled big man, seeing, seeing him do what he does on the, on the East Coast squad. But honestly, Marcus did it better, and I feel like he outlasted him in this case because he was in better shape. Hey, Biggie is a big, big body. And Monstar hit him with that spin move, dropped his ass. I was like, whoa. That was crazy, bro. That was crazy. Nah. Like, but in this matchup, you saw like uh they they started, they started off oh. they got a little big man energy. You saw that right there. He made him drop. But you saw the big man energy. 
And, you know, at the end of the day, Monstar is in a little better shape, maybe a lot than Big E. Then he outlasted him, plain and simple. Yeah, no, I, I can see Marcus getting this one either way because Big E don't look like he in shape, man. He, he need to, he not moving like that either. <laughs> I bet he was tired, man, because that one, this king of the court is no joke. It's, it takes a lot of energy. All right, game two, we have Big E and Pantos. And Pantos came out here and he put on a footwork clinic. I'm talking about James Harden step backs, getting to the rim, and even if he was stopped, he he pivoted until he got an open pocket to shoot the basketball. And quite honestly, Big E was just a little too tired from game one to really last in this one, and Pantos got the victory. Yeah, now Pantos, I think Pantos, out of, out of these three, I think he got the most skill. You see Big E took off his, his shirt. He got the tank top on now. I know he was tired. He took off that shirt to get some breasts. He is not slick. He is not oh. slick. My God. Ain't nobody trying to be slick, bro. It's plain and simple. We see it when he wearing his jersey. He got uh, he, he got some tater tots, bro. Let's just be real. He got the tater tots, bro. But <laughs> yeah. oh. hey, but it's all good. Cause that man, that don't matter. Clear to me right here that Big E had a real hard time with Pantos as He's a little more east and west than um Monstar was. And he and he got he got big he shifted. Yeah, no, I knew Pantos was gonna take this one. I mean, after that first matchup, I mean Big E, it's tough, man. You I mean the king of the court, we got the guards. We see the guards are gassed after one game. Like these are big men and they're playing from the three-point line. Like this ain't they're not used to this stuff. So I mean, hey, you gotta be in shape. Look at look at Pantos. He gave him an L. Oh, Last game, Monster versus Pantos. And honestly, this was not really a contest, and I was pretty surprised by it. I thought I thought the little contrast and styles, you know, Pantos has an Andres Stojakovic type of game, and Monster is more raw on the perimeter. But I really saw Monster's ability to defend the uh, to defend the perimeter in this case. And it was really impressive to me. And obviously, you see, he was all in his bag, bro, hitting threes sidesteps, uh, turnaround jumpers, all that. Something, like I said before, haven't seen this from Monster. I was really impressed. I mean, you know what happened, Bama? We saw that $2,500 check on the wall, chilling, waiting for him. Bro, Took the package came out. He was hitting step-back threes, middies, getting to the cup. Hey, he, when he saw that money, when he saw that cash prize, he was like, you know what? Let me lock in. Let me activate. It's time. That's funny. Yeah, he did. Bro, I'm so happy for this man because as we see him running off with the $2,500 check in the, in the uh, highlights, there's plenty of chances for him to go full monster and actually try to fight somebody, and he didn't. And that's what I'm really impressed about, about his performance right now. He kept his cool, he just stayed in the game, and he won. And he even dapped up Pantos at the end of the game, which is the most impressive thing I've ever seen from him. Unusual. Hey, he got the most energy. This is the most energy I've seen from a, a player winning King of the Court, bro. Shout out to Monstar. He did that. We knew he was going to do it. And he, he he lived up to it. Hey, listen here, man. I got I, I to gotta come on here and I got to advocate for the big dudes. There's a lot of guys like this out that play hoops, play street ball, that deserve a chance at this. I really think that we should have more matchups like this. We have a lot of matchups with the little guards. We need to have more matchups 
for the big man to go at it. I agree. I agree. Hey, we need to get Isaiah Austin. Hey, imagine Isaiah Austin out there. Oh my gosh. Imagine Zeke. That's what I'm saying, bro. We got Zeke. Uh, we could have, we probably could have got Greg Health out there. Um, that probably would have been a better matchup for him than the last matchup with Ty Glover and uh, Bionic. Uh, and honestly, the, obviously, the guys that were out there for this game, there's a lot of big guys out there that just got, you know, they got a bag. They got a bag of tricks and mm-hmm. they, they could do some damage in a 1v1. Yeah, I doubt about it. I mean, we just saw it. I was impressed. I didn't expect all that. Them dudes came out with some. Came out of their Duffy. They brought some stuff out their Duffy and went crazy. So, shout out to that. I'm gonna shout out. I'm gonna shout out all the big guys that probably don't get a chance to do these things in the confines of the game because they got too many little people on their team. Because Monster just showed us that there's that big men have more skill than we might think. So, shout out to Monster. Shout out to Biggie. Shout out to Pantos. Shout out to King of the Court, man. It's my favorite. It's like my favorite thing every week. I can't wait to watch some caffeine. But we got the next matchup for y'all. It's an exciting one. All right. Next Wednesday, March 8th, 6 p.m. PST on the caffeine app, like usual. We got D Bone versus Ty Glover versus Moon. Now, this is a rematch right here. Now, you guys remember the last time they went at it, and it was a battle. And I wouldn't expect anything less. I probably expect more of a battle. They've probably been in the gym hitting the weights doing everything they got to do to get ready for this matchup to win that $2,500 check. Hey, I remember this matchup. This matchup was crazy. This was a dope matchup. I honestly would say, I would say Ty is going to take this one, but he's been on a, his ankle been messed up lately. He's been, you know, rehabbing. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know who to take on this one. This, this one, I'm just, anybody could take this one in my opinion. What do you think, Dama? I don't know if you remember, but in the original matchup, we went, it was, I believe it was our first ever king of the court matchup, like where they went to the end, they were tied and had to play a king of the court at the end. And D-Bones pulled this one out. Um, and I'm sure Ty's, Ty's really hungry after his L that he took versus uh, body bag last time. He actually couldn't finish because he sprained his ankle. Ty, tape your ankles, please. Uh, so I really think him and Moon are going to come back and try to get this one back. Man, I'm going with Moon. Moon has a bag. Moon, I'm going Moon. I'm going with Moon. I'll go. I'll go Moon. Bro, I'm in. I'm in San Bernardino. I'm in the city right now. I don't know what it is, but my energy's coming over me, and I can't go against Ty Glover. All right, versatile defender. All right. He's got he's got a jumper. He can get to the basket. He had the first king of the king of the court dunk in history of king of the court. And he's hungry, bro. He's taking two L's in a row. I think he's gonna come back for vengeance. But all we can't ever count out D Bones. He's just a dog. He's an absolute dog. Hey man, what what are you doing in Dino, man? What, what you doing over there in, in, in Ty's parts? To be honest, I just dropped off my whip. Somebody hit me the other day. Oh, you're getting so, it fixed? Damn, I was damn. here very long and I expected so hey man, like they say, bro, the show must go on. So we here. The show right? must go on. That's right. Exactly, bro. But um, let's move on to another topic. Our last topic before 
our street ball clips of the week. The Ball's Life All-American game is back, guys. May 6th in SoCal. We're bringing it back. We're going to have some of the best high school players all, from all around the country. And like usual, we're going to have some of the best diamond in the roughs as well. Let's get discovered here at the Ball's Life All-American game. So I'm really excited for this one. I can't wait to pull up on this one. You know how excited I am for this one, Domino? And it's confirmed. Ooh, it's in A-Right City, boy. A-Right City. I cannot wait, bro. It's officially at Cerritos College, so I can't wait. We're going to be in there. We're going to be in the building. We're on our best. Can't wait. Before we move on to Street Ball Clip of the Week, make sure you guys like and subscribe to the Balls Life Podcast Network channel. Turn on those notifications and ring that bell. All right, Isaac. I think I should go first, to be honest. But if you want to go first, all up to you, brother. No, you got it. We'll save the best for last. <laughs> all right. My ball clip of the week consists of Hoodie Kell throwing an insane pass to Ty Glover, where we almost got the nastiest lob probably in the history of basketball. But he just missed. In spite of that, it's still an impressive clip. I don't know how he did that. Like, does he have eyes in the back of his head or what? I don't know why he did I, that. And Ty I, totally stole this one. He should have done it. I've never seen a bounce pass like that for a lob ever in my – like, I don't think I ever will see that. If Ty would have got that off, the craziest pass ever. Because I don't know if, if dude really meant to do that. He probably just was like, man, whatever, I'm going to just do it. Hopefully he gets there. I don't know if he – is he, does he got it like that? That's, you got to have superpowers to do stuff like that, Domo. That's crazy. You know, Hoodie Kell, we seen him in King of the Court twice. And he got game, man. Obviously, we couldn't see him pass, but you saw his little skill level. He's probably one of – he's probably – he might be the most skilled guy we've had in King of the Court yet. So, I'm not surprised that he's able to do something like that. But it's still an insane play. So, shout out to him. Shout out to Ty. Ty, next time, I need you to finish that, bro. Come on. He's done finished so many crazy dunks and he couldn't finish that one. He blew the bag on that one. It's all good, man. It's all good. Blew the bag. All right, your turn. Yep, let's move on to my clip. My clip went viral. We got Ashley with the walk-off. Oh my gosh. Ooh. She's committed to Princeton, Division One player. Hey, she has her playoff game to her. She has her playoff game today, actually. Uh Good luck to her. I guarantee you she's going to be doing the same thing. I heard she's been cooking all year and doing this type of stuff all year. So, yeah, shout out to her. Dog, I'm amazed by this. She hit the, she shot the shot, turned around, didn't look back. She knew what was going in. That is absolutely insane amount of confidence. I respect it to the fullest. And shout out to her. Um, we uh, put a, we put her on the chat and. The the views went up to almost three hundred thousand on TikTok, so everybody got to see her and her talent. Hopefully, you get to look and do your research about this girl. She's going to Princeton, like Isaac said. She's trying to lead her team to the state title, and she just got crazy amounts of game. So make sure you look up Ashley Chi um, and see what she's got going on because she's she's a blue chipper, bro. Absolute blue chipper. For real, bro. She's five eight. She she's like that, like. I've never heard of her until I saw this clip. I was like, who is that? But she's like that. Hey, man, she's up there. I'm going to be watching her. Agreed. But honestly, guys, 
That's all we got for this week. We really appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you guys like and subscribe to the Balls Life Podcast Network. Hey, you are in San Bernardino, in the heart of San Bernardino right now, huh? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Hey, hopefully they ain't coming to get me. <laughs> Yo, but make sure you guys like, subscribe to the Balls Life Podcast Network. Turn your notifications, ring that bell. We'll be here next week for episode 25. My name is Dom. And my name is Isaac. And this is Streetball. We out. Thank you.